Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Good morning, good afternoon, welcome to episode 69 of Calm Words for Anxious Hearts. And we are getting near the end of this series, only one more episode after this. And today, this is number three in a three-part series that I'm calling Looking Back to Help Look Ahead. And I'm beginning each of these episodes with a simple but complex theological idea that I have left this pandemic, or rather these last 14 months, um, and emerge with as a result. And so today's would be stated like this. The pandemic has been a very hard thing, but it is the hard things in life that most transform us when we consciously embrace those hard things as part of our life with God. And so to expand upon that idea today, I want to read something from the book of Malachi. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he will purify the descendants of levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the lord in righteousness then the offering of judah and jerusalem will be pleasing to the lord as in the days of old here ends the reading there is a bumper sticker that was really popular for several years that said the following, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Now, while I acknowledge the truth in this statement, this bumper sticker irritates me a little bit because obviously Christians aren't perfect, and certainly we believe in God's total and complete forgiveness. But the idea that we are just forgiven. It's that word just and that beyond just forgiveness that God has no claim on our life at all. Well, I'm not sure I would agree with that statement at all. After all, consider what Paul says in Philippians 1.6. I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion by the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work will bring that good work to completion. Meaning, from Paul's perspective, that God doesn't just forgive and then move on. No, God's commitment is to stay with us, to hold us, to purify our heart and refine who we are, so that in time God might bring to completion the good work God began when God created us. And it is this process of inner refinement or purification that interests me whenever I think about this pandemic and what we've experienced. And I think it's what Malachi was speaking about whenever he spoke of God as a refiner's fire and a purifier of silver. 
Now, this metaphor of purifying silver really interests me quite a bit. There's so much presence and attention required for a silversmith to do this work well. In fact, I once saw a video of how the whole thing worked. And what I noticed was that the silversmith had to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest. Otherwise, the impurities would not burn away. But on the other hand, he also had to know when to take the silver out of the fire. Otherwise, the silver was capable of being damaged beyond repair. And in thinking about Malachi's words and this process of refining silver, I was struck. And, you know, if I'm being honest, even a little scared about what this means about how God deals with us. Namely, that whenever the flames are the hottest or the circumstances in life the most challenging, that this is actually when God has the greatest capacity to bring deep change into our life. And I say this knowing how well I am wanting to wiggle out of difficulty or how able I am to interpret hard things as a sign of God's absence whenever they arise. And I think that's true for all of us, right? Whenever there's that hard medical diagnosis or the experience of grief, confusion, loneliness, exhaustion, that feeling of not knowing what to do next or whenever we're confronted by a pandemic or a flooded home or a flooded church— Friends, these are not experiences that we like or wish for. And I'm certainly not saying that God wills tragedy or that God wills hardship to teach us some kind of lesson. But what I do believe and what I've experienced personally in this pandemic is that God is so resourceful and so good. And that whenever the fire in our life burns hot, whether that's our individual life or maybe our life as a congregation, as in St. Michael's, but when the fire in our life burns hot, that God's capacity to purify our heart and to make us more trusting, more compassionate, more humble, more human, that whenever the suffering comes, that this is when God often does God's finest work. Because here's the thing, in 14 years of ordained ministry, not a single person has ever come to me and said, so I read a book, and it's called Five Convenient Pain-Free Steps to Transformation, and guess what? I read it, it worked, I'm a new person, and it cost me nothing. That has never happened, and it probably never will happen. But what does happen all the time, what people do say are things like, you know, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it was also the best thing that ever happened to me. Or they say, this is really hard, but God is teaching me so much about myself and about what it means to love myself deeply and to love other people. And here's the thing, we all know this, that it's the hard things in life that most transform when we consciously embrace them as part of our life with God. To go back to our simple but complex theological idea, right? Transformation doesn't happen whenever we play the victim. It doesn't happen whenever we blame. It doesn't happen whenever we wallow in self-pity. But it's when we take responsibility for our life and embrace our suffering as part of our life with a God who went to the cross and invites us to go with him. And so here's the question I want you to pray through this week. Is there a hard thing in your life that you are not looking at 
or is there something you're running away from or compulsively trying to numb? And if so, what would it mean for you to embrace that thorn in your flesh more consciously as a part of your life with God and to do so trusting that a good silversmith knows when to remove the silver from the flame and that God will guard what is precious to ensure that your life is refined but not damaged and certainly not destroyed. For, friends, that is God's intent. God is good. God's wish is to purify our life, to refine us, and to make us shine. And I'll be honest with you, I used to think that was my job. (laughs) You know, that my job was to clean myself up. In fact, whenever I moved into a seminary dorm room at the age of three, this was my goal. I was quite the zealot. I woke up every morning at 5 a.m. sharp. I read theology for an hour. I then meditated for 45 minutes. I used the time that I spent showering and getting dressed in the morning to commit a large portion of the New Testament to memory. I went to morning prayer and the Eucharist every single day, and that's just a bit of my spiritual practice whenever I was in seminary. I was a pretty intense young man. And of course, I don't want to make fun of that. That was a really important aspect of my journey, and it was really crucial to my development at the time. It played a big, big role in my life. But as I look back on that, almost 40 years old now, and think about that earnest, young, disciplined man, I'm also aware that one of the reasons I went so deep into spiritual practice was because I believed that it was my job to refine myself. And that there was a direct correlation between the time I spent in prayer and how much change God could work in my life. But to go back to Malachi's words, this offering was not fully pleasing to the Lord because at the end of the day, these things I did in an effort to perform for God, right? The same way one might perform for a parent or perform for a boss. Here I was in seminary. And there was a part of me that didn't fully know how deeply loved I was by God and that didn't fully trust that I was already being held and that God would complete the good work God began in my life no matter what. But a few years later, after I graduated from seminary, there was a metaphorical fire in my life. A very, very difficult thing happened And it was really painful. And so slowly but surely, my sense of God, it was enlarged. And I came not to believe, but really to experience Paul's words in his letter to the Romans where he writes, We know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And that hope, Paul says, will never disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And so, I wonder where in your life you are asking God to save you from the very fire that God is asking you to feel. And if that sounds like a hard or impossible question, I get it. You're not mistaken. It's a really hard question. And so, let me just remind you of the only thing that will sustain you in your spiritual journey, and that is the unshakable truth that God loves you. And that there is not a fire that Jesus has not already felt. 
and above all, that God wills nothing but your eternal good. The fire you fear, it is not meant to destroy, but to refine you like gold. And so to go back to that silversmith I spoke of earlier, one thing I didn't share was that he was asked when the purification process was complete. And his response was so cool. He said, I know it's finished when I can see my own image reflected in the silver. I know it's finished when I can see my own image reflected in the silver. I know we're not perfect. I believe we are forgiven. But friends, that is never just the story. The God who created us in God's image does not just forgive, but is committed to staying with us until God sees that image shine. And this image of God imprinted in our soul, it is the deepest truth about our being. All those impurities we tend to identify with, our wants, wishes, fears, complaints, goals, some of it's good, and God will refine what is good, and some of it keeps us from shining, and the one flame will burn it up. For we are the descendants of Levi, and God's love for us is so great that he will stay with us and hold us and use whatever it is that life throws at us, even a pandemic. But he will use whatever it is that life throws at us to purify us until we shine like gold. And so to go back to our simple but complex idea, this pandemic has been a really hard thing. But friends, it is the hard things in life that most transform when we consciously embrace them as part of our life with God. And so I want you to know that God is doing this in your life right now. And as Paul says in Philippians, One day you will be blameless and pure children of God without defect, and you will shine like the stars of the sky.